Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noel Cordell. Hey guys, welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast. This is John Kim and I have... Noel Cordo. <laughs> and today we're going to talk, what are we talking about today, Noel? Today our topic is um, well-being theory and it's broken down into two sides, pleasure and self-realization. What is this podcast about? Overall? Yes. <laughs> well, the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast is is really about the science behind life coaching and whether you're a life coach or you're a student of life coaching or whether you just want to change your life, this is these are the techniques and tenets that will help you do it one step at a time. So if you're interested in that, um, subscribe to this podcast. This is already episode four. We are knocking these out. We have a lot. Yeah. To, we have a lot to say. Always, always. All right, let's do some housekeeping just real quick before we begin. Um, one, I want to thank everyone who participated in my uh, little book contest. I announced winners yesterday, and uh, super excited about um, doing the you know the doing sessions with the people who won, and also the person that won a seat in our Catalyst course. We are super excited uh, just to for your journey and um, helping you help other people. Yeah, we, we we should probably mention that we're both life coaches. Oh, yeah, that may help <laughs> yes. for, for, well, for people who don't know us. Yep, John is a life coach based in Los Angeles, California, and I'm based in Philadelphia, and I see clients um, really all over the world, but I go back and forth between Philly and L.A. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been uh, – so I have a clinical background, but I've been uh, doing therapy and, being, and, and life coaching um, for about almost a decade. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how time flies. Um, I have a clinical background as well, but I choose not to practice as a clinician. I choose to practice as a coach because that's how I started out. I glommed on to positive psychology early on in my career and just felt that this stuff was life changing in a way that um, therapeutic tenants didn't do it for me. Also, if you if you listen to this podcast by closing your eyes and focusing on Noel's voice. Um, Imagine Drew Barrymore because that's who she sounds like. <laughs> I knew that that was what was coming. Down. I knew it. I, I had that. I had that revelation the other day. We were just talking. I think it was because uh, you know, instead of seeing you, I'm just talking to you on the on the on the, on Skype. And I was like, "Who does she sound like?" And it's like she sounds like Drew Barrymore. Which, listen, that's a compliment. I think she's adorable, and I love the way she she talks. Hey, man, if I can bring back your '90s fantasy to life <laughs> through these podcasts, like I have fulfilled my role on this earth, dude. Oxytocin in my brain right now. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the topic. Yeah, so you know when we talk about life coaching, when we talk about happiness, when we talk about like what people are actually striving for. You know, why are we doing this? Why do we care? You know, what's the point, essentially? And the point is well-being, is, is being well, well-being, being well. Um, and it's a really complex concept. But if we're breaking it down, what we're really talking about is optimal experience and optimal functioning. What does that mean to you, John? Optimal experience. So the word optimal, it, to me, I don't know why it feels like performance-based, but that's, I don't think that's what you mean. It, it, you know, it is performance-based. Okay. It is performance-based. And, and that's a great point. It's like we don't think about 
performance-based initiatives for our everyday life. Mm, interesting. And it's really, it's just this concept of, of not settling. Right. And saying, you know, I want, I want the best slice of the pie. I want to experience all of the feelings and I, I want them to be good ones. So performance uh, isn't also just about numbers or, you know, moving the ball forward. I think performance is also um, the quality, like the quality of the experience. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you you want to be thinking of um, um, like this. There's this beautiful concept from 18th century poetry called the sublime. And the sublime is this transcendent quality of life, you know, that, that you get when you're, you're walking through a beautiful garden or you're noticing a beautiful blue sky and you're completely content in your environment. So, and that's, that's really what we're talking about here is getting to a, a level where you experience the sublime as your daily existence. So what does that look like in, in everyday life? And I know that you, you, you may be annoyed because I keep asking that question, but I ask that because it's so important um, when we talk about, I think, um, you know, theories and concepts and all these you know, things that sometimes can be abstract. Um, I think the other half of the coin is like, what does that look like in our life? You know? Yeah. How do we break it down? Right. It's, how do it's, we execute? Pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Um, there and this is coming from the work of Martin Seligman, who's at a pen in Philly, literally maybe four blocks from where I live. Um, and you know, his well-being theory focuses on two areas, um, which is hedonic, which focuses on pleasure, mm. the attainment of pleasure and the avoidance of pain, and then um, the other piece is meaning and self-realization, yeah. which really defines um, the degree to which a person is functioning at their peak level from a physical, mental, and emotional perspective. You know, what's interesting is I think that, uh, I think most people have no problem with the pleasure piece. Um, right. I think we're lacking in the meaning piece. I think, well, yeah. It, so I have, I have a recipe. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I do. So I've been studying this stuff forever. And, you know, I, I got really excited when I came across the hedonic piece, actually, because we hear so much in our culture about being achievement oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, right. you need to have the best car, you need to have the best career, you need to have the best body. And, yeah. um, and, and, you know, that falls squarely in the achievement piece, but the hedonic piece to me is like pure fucking pleasure. And that is, you know, people have no problem doing it, but it's like this dirty fucking secret. Like nobody actually has permission. Because we feel guilty. We feel right. like, right? We feel guilty. Like if we allow ourselves to do something or eat something or whatever to have right. um, pleasure, then we feel bad about it. And it's so wrapped in this overarching, you know, ancient concept of sin, you know, like yeah. our, our, we come from a Puritan steep society. So the, my recipe for the self, looking at all of this stuff, is that you need one third contentment, which is just really simple, simple stuff. Like contentment would be, you know, wow, I'm really wearing a comfortable t-shirt right now. And this hot cup of coffee is just delightful. And I'm right. sitting in a sun filled room, you know, that's contentment. Um, and then, 
you know, hedonic is, is pleasure, pure unadulterated pleasure. And you need one third of that. And then the third thing is achievement, which is pushing your brain and your body to its fullest capacity. Mm. And if you think about it, if you're doing two out of the three, like if you're focusing on contentment and hedonic, you're screwed because you're not doing anything with achievement. If you're focusing on achievement and hedonic, you're exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you know and if you're focusing on just like you know contentment and achievement and you're not really having any fun you're just kind of sitting at home well when you say hedonic are you referring to sexual it can be it can be it can be it can be and 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 you have to be like so sexuality is so complex in and of itself it exists on a billion continuums you know from uh, some people are asexual and they experience w- the, their sexuality very very differently than people who who might be heterosexual polysexual you know bisexual whatever um so and there you know you can be so i mean that's what let's do a whole different podcast on that shit <laughs> Right. Totally. But yeah, but where were you going with that when you were asking about sexual? Um, just that word for me. Um, I don't know why the, the word that lights up, the word that, that triggers is uh, sex and sexuality and all that. Uh, and I think maybe that's just because of uh, society. But yeah, but yeah, yeah but, but, it, but it's under the umbrella of pleasure. It doesn't have to be obviously sex. It's um, anything that, that brings you pleasure. Yeah, I mean, that could be food. It can be, I mean, I like to say sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but that's, you know, me. I mean, it can also be like whatever you just really enjoy doing that, like the thing that people describe as guilty pleasures, we just need to remove the word guilty and call them fucking pleasures. And they're an important goddamn part of life and we shouldn't feel guilt about them. Yours is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I'm trying to think mine would be sex, Food and K-pop? No, not K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this. I like this idea of because it because it, it goes it goes back to um, this word balance, you know, mm-hmm. and that it, uh, things don't always have to be about achievement or you know the corner office or running toward the picket fence or whatever success looks like to you, but uh, that there are other things that you need in this uh, life recipe uh, for well being. Oh, absolutely. And I think something you just said there was so important about achievement. You said what success looks like to you. Because, you know, all people cannot be all things. And it is physically impossible to do all of the things. So, you know, whether we're talking about peak performance as an athlete or peak performance as a professional, there are very few people in this world who can do both. You know, there it you have to be aware of your energy levels in all of these things and be aware of when you need them. So like with contentment, like you have to listen to your body and understand when you're getting tired and use this contentment piece to recharge. And same thing with hedonic, like you have to listen to your body and know when it's time for you to have fun. Yeah, and now we're talking about um, self-care, right? Yeah, 100%. And it even goes the same way with achievement. You have to listen to your body 
and know when it's time and that you will be okay if you're experiencing discomfort when it's time to knuckle down and get shit done. I love it. This is yeah. a really important um, conversation, a really important dialogue. Yeah, it is. It, it is an important dialogue. And, and I think, you know, if we're looking across all three spectrums, you know, contentment and hedonic deal with like feeling good, right? Right. Ach- achievement typically has to do with not feeling good. Well, I mean, um, I mean, yes, because a lot of people, most people do do their their work is something they don't love, they dread, and it's a grind. Um, uh, unless your work is something that doesn't feel like work, and you genuinely love it. Well, I mean, I think like work is work is work is work. I mean, oh, think about hours you're saying. Yeah, like think about from like an um like um an athletic perspective. If your achievement orientation is um you know a certain level of physical fitness it's fucking hard yeah like tell me you're not having fun when you're doing burpees well i mean i I, it 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 depends i I think it can be fun but yeah at the end of the day it's work it's you know it's it's you got to put in the 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 volume of if we're talking about fitness the training and and everything that goes with that so i mean are you serious you have fun doing burpees i have so much fun doing burpees butterfly pull-ups i I have fun doing things for time but that's because you know what that comes from um the 10 year old john kim that used to spend hours break dancing and skateboarding um i'm all about um not life balance but literally but like physical balance <laughs> yeah i um yeah my life is lopsided but I, I i enjoy um adrenaline and and physical activity and stuff like that so when it comes to like um when it comes to crossfit and that's why i think i fell in love with it um all that acrobatic gymnastics being upside down pogoing box jump like all that stuff i'm i'm okay at and so i have fun doing it i, I lose track of time for a lot of people it's the complete opposite you know that's cool. So, so what you just described is a state of flow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hit flow all the time in, in, in my fitness. That's awesome. And so when you're doing that, you know that you've arrived at this combination of meaning and achievement mm. for you personally. I want to, I want to give another, um, theory here that we can lay over the top of this. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's Martin Seligman's most recent iteration on what it means to achieve well-being. And I think it's his most progressive too. It's called PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. And it's another recipe. Um, the P stands for positive emotion. The E stands for engagement. The R stands for relationships. The M is meaning and the A is achievement. Mm. So the concept is that if you put the time into cultivating positive emotion, positive forms of engagement where you're getting out there in the world and doing shit, um, positive relationships and figuring out what meaning with a capital M is to you, like figuring out like meaning is, is I think the trickiest concept. And I, I love that as a company, this is what shift focuses on because it really means attaching to something that's larger than yourself. Right. Right. And then achievement is using your brain and your body to the extent to which you are able to. Wow. I love that. I love, um, it's so easy to remember and I love how, how simple it is. 
It's totally simple and it's totally doable too. I mean, I think that's the best part about all of this stuff is that when you're looking at yourself from a whole life perspective, you know, you can, you can break it down. Like you, it's like anything else, you know, you're baking a cake. Ah, you know, I need a little bit more positive emotions in here. Oh, some engagement. Let's get some positive relationships going. And then asking yourself the hard questions of, you know, why, what do you want to do with your time on this earth? And what will you actually be satisfied with, mm. you know, at, at your time of death, um, will hopefully then fuel your achievement piece. Yeah. I think a lot of times, um, we don't, we forget about, uh, balance. We forget about these type of recipes and we're just running toward, um, love and money basically. <laughs> yeah. That's called the hedonic treadmill. Yeah. That's why, he, so hedonism, you know, is one third of, of what you need for a healthy human life, but it can also be dangerous if you focus on it exclusively. We know that once you achieve something in a hedonic capacity, so say you get a raise or you get a new house, it's going to take only four months before that whole feeling of, wow, this is great, wears off, and you're like, all right, I'm ready for the next hit. Right, right. It's an addiction. I mean, it's it's the dopamine. It is. It, and, and it's also, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with visual cues of society. And, you know, think about billboards. Think about commercials. Magazine. Think about well, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram, like yeah. everything. It's it's like we've been set up to constantly view these images that are spinning of yeah. like what we should have. But when we're talking about my recipe of hedonic, it's totally different because I'm talking about not having but experiencing. Mm, I love that. That really hits home is the idea of um, pleasure being not in things, but experiences. And that's something that is, uh, kind of new to me, but something I've been really leading into in the last few years. So I used to come from, um, so my twenties and thirties, I was very hedonic in the sense of wanting things, wanting very shiny things. And, um, you know, my definition of, of beauty and success and all that was very predictable and commercial. Um, and then when I was stripped with, you know, after the divorce, I was stripped with everything. Um, I didn't have any, I didn't have anything. I didn't have money. I didn't have friends. I didn't have a job. So it forces, it forced me to, um, get pleasure out of very simple things. Like you were talking about, um, you know, the morning cup of coffee, um, the five minutes after you, you know, work out where you, where there's dopamine, uh, a simple motorcycle ride, stuff like that. And it really kind of rewired me to, uh, enjoy experiences instead of things. Yeah. I, you know, I had, I, I had a, um, a dissimilar experience, but yeah, a similar experience at the same time where my early years, I spent a lot of time running around outside, you know, going to see a bajillion concerts, just really playing, you know, play, letting myself be a kid. And I, I didn't really pay attention to um, the whole achievement side of things. And I found my meaning through relationships with others and having fun, but it was really kind of superficial. And then as I started to really grow up, I, not only was I like, oh shit, <laughs> I have to make some money here. But number two, it was like, you know, I was, I realized how, 
how how superficial I was in just looking at the surface stuff and not attaching to the larger world and what's really going on globally and the earth and, you know, like paying attention to pain and suffering. And, you know, I'm a really sensitive person. And so it was hard for me to make that jump from being just like a kid that was like, la, 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 I just want to have fun to a conscious adult who says, no, like I'm here to fuck some shit up and make this world a better place, you know? That is interesting, that sentence, I'm here to fuck some shit up and make this world a better place. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it almost sounds like a oxymoron. Um, but, but I know what you mean because I know your heart. <laughs> yeah, thanks, John. Yeah. You know my heart. Yeah, exactly. Your intention. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I, I, sometimes I think like we need to see our lives as equalizers. And you know how there's on every equalizer, there's treble, there's bass, there's tone, there's all these little dials. And um, you have to adjust it to the frequency that is the, the, the you know, where you're in your highest form, you're the best version of yourself. Yeah. And I, I think that that, I think that that evolves over time. And the more that you adhere to these building blocks of positive emotion, of engagement, of positive relationships, of figuring out what the fuck meaning means to you and then achieving it, um, you, you reach plateaus that you never thought you were capable of. And then you keep going. Mm. I love it. Yeah. You know what I like about um, the format of our podcast is is um, that f the fact that we don't have one. Like I love. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love you know because a lot of um, a lot of content you know has segments, etc., shows, which is fine. But I like the fact that um, you and I come up with a topic, and we just splatter paint, and people will uh, look at it and take away what they want to take away from it. So. Um, you know, for, for some people, it may be art. <laughs> for some people, it may not. I was going to say that's art in its purest form, right? Absolutely. And I want to keep it that way because I trust um, not only our intentions because our, our hearts are, you know, pointed in the same direction, but also um, I trust our, our um, just our, you know, I'm 44 and, and you're, what, 22? And we've, yeah. you know, we've been on this planet for a long time and we've coached a lot of people. We, we you know, we've got some shit to say and um, I also like that, that, that we don't always agree on everything and that our perspectives are different, you know? Oh, totally, totally. And it's good to have the different perspectives. And I think, you know, as we're talking about all of this stuff, one of the outcomes that I have perceived both of myself and others is that when you consciously engage in positive emotions, positive relationships, meaning achievement, blah, 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 blah. You calm the fuck down. Mm -hmm. Like your nervous system calms down and you're able to hear different perspectives without a reaction. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge because everyone, we're all walking reactions. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, just getting to a point of like noticing like, oh, that's an emotion right there. Woohoo. Look at that thing go. And then just letting it, you know, fly off into the sunset. And, right. and you instead, know, give, instead of going with it or allowing that emotion to take you down. Exactly. When you first you, you coined the term um, 
respond instead of react a couple years ago. Yeah, that's my whole thing. I mean, that's I think that's what separates a child from adult or, you know, boy from a man, etc. And I remember at that time, you know, I was going through some volatile shit and I was like, uh oh, I'm reacting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you like so how hard is it? Do you adhere to that? You know, or do you find yourself having to work at it? Um, I, it's, it's, it's easier for me now, but also I think, um, with age, you know, you calm the fuck down naturally. I, I, I'm not as high strung or as wired as I used to be. Uh, I, I'm not always trying to prove something. I don't have to be right. Uh, I, I, I think there's more power in silence now. So mm. if I feel uh, myself getting heated or, you know, someone cuts me off the road or whatever, and I kind of feel the old John Kim, um, coming in, uh, I, I, I zap that really fast. You know, I, I put a speed bump there and I definitely um, try to uh, observe, be curious, be and, and uh, pull from, from like a place of wonder instead of um, judgment and reactions and how things should be and et cetera, you know. That's so important is the curiosity piece. Yeah. I mean, that is an ass saver across the board. Yeah. You know, I have found it so useful, especially recently, with stressful days to reframe it from the perspective of, gee, how cool is it that I get to do something this interesting in life? Yeah, it's all about the, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. It's all about the questions that we ask ourselves and the way that we talk to ourselves. And I think that uh, most people, they don't see the glass, glass is half full, you know, they're always, um, chasing after what they think is lacking, um, you know, comparing themselves to other people. And listen, when we compare ourselves, we never compare ourselves to the people that have less than us. We're always comparing ourselves to people that have a lot more, you know, and so we always feel uh, less than. Or, or, what know. do you think would happen if we had no mirrors and no pictures of each other? I think um, we would be, I think the world would be a better place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Um, I think that whole, you know, the, the, the billboard or advertising and society and I mean, I, all that stuff is, I think that pulls on us more than anything else. I mean, that's, that's also part of capitalism. I mean, that's, um, that's why we buy things. You know, I think the thing that drives me the most nuts is that like capitalism is fine and buying things are fine and goods and services are just great and dandy. But at what point we got caught up with concepts of body as like part of the mix of like what you fucking have to do in order to be considered X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it starts early. I remember when I was 10, I had two posters on my wall. Um, one was Bruce Lee, and you know he has his shirt off and he's shredded. And then the other one was Heather Thomas, and she's in a you know pink bikini coming out of a jacuzzi. And you know from ten on, you know I that's those are the images that um, went into my subconscious, and to me that is what um, you know that's what that's what I need to chase, right? Yeah, that and it gets set up. And I and I think too, you know, like we see this across the board in, you know, in so many different experiences of culture where it's like if where people are othered, you know, if you don't fit this certain mold, then you have no chance of it. And you know, when I say fuck shit up and make the world a better place, I guess what I'm talking about is breaking the molds. <laughs> You, to you totally just saved yourself, which is great. 
<laughs> you you pulled what I call an Indiana Jones, grabbing his hat right before the door closes. There we go. There we go. <laughs> or in this case, right before the podcast is over, <laughs> Noelle saved her ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying, and um, I think it's great. Awesome. So let's just before we close out, wrap this up from, you know, a coaching perspective for all of our awesome coaches. Um, we, we have about a hundred coaches on staff at shift. And so if any of our listeners ever want to go through this stuff or just really have somebody to talk to, um, that's what we do. We're a company of coaches by coaches for coaches who are, you know, building a marketplace for everyday people to come get help. And so, you know, if you're a coach and you have a client that's just really unhappy, what you're going to want to do is take each of these areas, positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning and achievement, discuss each one, and then break it down in terms of small actionable steps to build a better future in that direction. Yeah, it's a great simple tool. Um, and, you know, if you want to go deeper with it, just Google it and uh, use PERMA. Uh, to help other people. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. All right, guys. This and also, listen, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, Noelle and I will continue to create a dialogue and um, uh, tell your friends about it if you think it'll help them. Um, maybe it's a little less passive aggressive to say, hey, you should listen to the podcast instead of telling them what to do with their life. <laughs> Don't be passive aggressive. Yeah. All right, guys. Be well. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for listening to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast presented by Shift. If you'd like to learn more about what you've heard on today's show, head to shift.us. That's S-H-F-T dot U-S for more information. Feel free to rate us, review us, and tell a friend.